Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week we're talking about Parashat Korach. Korach is a relative of uh, Moshe and Aharon, uh, also comes from the tribe of Levi, and Korach leads a rebellion uh, against the authority of Moshe under the against the leadership of Aharon. He gathers a uh, few others uh, towards his cause. Uh, along with Korach from the tribe of Levi, we have Datan, Aviram, and On uh, from the tribe of Ruvain, plus 250 men, many of whom seem to come from the tribe of Levi. And they have a number of complaints against uh, Moshe. As we're going to see, uh, their various complaints are uh, are addressed. But they begin by saying the entire congregation uh, is holy. Everybody is uh, holy. Uh, why should you uh, be the one to rule over uh, Hashem's congregation? And so Moshe's uh, response, uh, which is also part of a criticism of them, he says that Hashem will, will show, will demonstrate uh, that he has, whom he has chosen and how he will do so. And what they are to do is to take uh, machtot, which are fire pans, pans for uh, scooping out coals from the, from the altar. Uh, and that will be for uh, incense. Incense will be placed and it will be through the incense that Hashem will show uh, whom he has chosen. But in the meanwhile, Moshe reprimands his, uh, these, these leaders of the revolution. And Datan uh, and Aviram, very daringly, refuse even to come to speak to Moshe. They send the message back. They say, haven't you done enough damage uh, to, to the people uh, that you uh, continue to... Uh, Lord over them, to rule over them. Uh, Moshe prays that Hashem uh, not accept their offering, that he uh, continues to choose him, Moshe, as the leader, and Aharon as the Kohen Gadol. Hashem is clearly very angry, uh, and uh, Hashem uh, threatens to destroy everyone, uh, to destroy uh, everyone, and uh, Moshe says, please only focus on those who have sinned. So Hashem says, then everyone should move away from Korach's camp uh, because the punishment that is going to come to them uh, is going to affect everyone in the area. So anyone who is too close by might be swept away. Uh, Datan and Aviram are defiant in their opposition to Moshe. And then Moshe calls for the miraculous punishment. He says that in order to show that Hashem has chosen me, uh, then these people should be punished in a new and miraculous way. And so the earth opens up, swallows them, uh, swallows Korach and his uh, rebels, uh, and then uh, closes up again. There are other instances natural instances in which the earth opens up and people have uh, have suffered. Uh, but this is unique 
in that the earth swallows up again, closes up again. And the Israelites that are in the area flee, and fire consumes the 250, consumes their, uh, their bodies, uh, kills them. And this is the actual uh, rebellion and the way it is uh, dealt with. Uh, we then uh, learn about the aftermath of the rebellion, uh, how, how to deal with the aftermath of the rebellion. First, uh, Moshe is to instruct uh, Elazar, Aaron's son, eventually he will be his successor, uh, to take the fire pans that of those who rebelled, the fire pans have survived, and to take them and to beat them into plates so that they become an overlay for the altar. And this will, will serve as a reminder into the future that uh, people should not challenge the the decision of Hashem who should be the leader, especially uh, should not challenge who should serve in the uh, in the mikdash in the sanctuary? The kohanim have their role, the levim have their role, and Hashem uh, decides this. So the overlay of the altar will always serve as a reminder. We're told that uh, no non-kohen is permitted to offer uh, incense, and furthermore, uh, we are taught not to be like Korach. Uh, and that means uh, do not persist in a, uh, a machloket. You should be very careful about when there is dispute uh, within the Jewish people, uh, not to fan the flames of dissension, uh, but rather try to bring about unity among the Jewish people. Uh, the people uh, are not uh, satisfied. They complain. They say you have killed the people of Hashem. These are people who were uh, who were holy, and uh, so Hashem threatens to kill the people, to destroy the people, and a plague has begun. Uh, this time Moshe says to Aharon, you have to stop the plague by means of the ketoret, by means of the incense. Uh, take the fire pan uh, and offer incense and go among the people in order to stop the plague from spreading. Aharon offers incense and the plague is stopped, but not before 14,700 people have died in the, in the plague that uh, Hashem has started in order to punish the, the people for their, uh, for their rebellion. Then Hashem says that the prince, the head of each shevet, of each tribe, is to take his staff, to write his name on the staff, uh, take Aharon's name and write it on the staff for the tribe of Levi. Take these staffs and place them before the Aaron in the Holy of Holies. And Hashem says that I will use the staff to show uh, whom I have chosen as the Kohen Gadol. Uh, and uh, the one who has been chosen, that staff, which is a stick, uh, will flower miraculously. And so in the morning, they discover that Aaron's staff has uh, produced flowers and almonds. Each of the princes takes a staff, 
and Aaron's staff is left to remain as a sign that the Kohen is the one that Hashem has chosen. Uh, the people uh, are still worried that they will uh, there will be no end to their to their punishment and to their dying. And so, in the last part of the parasha, uh, Hashem reminds uh, the people that the tribe of Levi has a, a special role. The Kohanim and the Levim have their special role as determined by Hashem. First and foremost, they have the responsibility of safeguarding the sanctity of the sanctuary. Uh, they must prevent entry into the sanctuary of those people who don't deserve to be there. They have to serve as a kind of a patrol, but it's also an honor guard. And the Kohanim uh, are entitled to 24 different gifts uh, that are given to them because of their special role as those who uh, offer the sacrifices. Uh, the 24 gifts uh, include portions of sacrifices as well as the turma, the offering that is taken from uh, produce that is grown in the land of Israel. Uh, a, a, a portion of the produce that's grown in the land of Israel is given to the Gohanim. And uh, also we're told about the tribe of Levi and their uh, special role uh, because they are they serve in the Mikdash, they do not receive an inheritance in the land. And the Leviim uh, are to give a portion back to the Kohanim. The Leviim receive a portion called Maaser, a, a tenth of the produce. When they receive the Maaser, they must take a tenth of the tenth that they received and give it to the uh, Kohanim. Uh, that's called uh, Ma'asel Minha Ma'asel, also known as Trumat Ma'asel. Uh, so everyone uh, is required to support the Kohanim and to show that the Kohanim are the ones that Hashem has chosen. And so in this parasha, the revolt against uh, Hashem's leadership uh, choices, uh, Moshe Aharon, uh, that revolt is first uh, thwarted and uh, punished but also the, the people are shown, Am Yisrael is shown, uh, that Hashem is the one who decides uh, who is to be the leaders. Now, in Rashi's first comment on the very beginning of the parasha, he says that uh, this parasha is very well explained, in uh, very well expounded in the Midrash, known as Midrash Tan Chuma. Rashi doesn't elaborate on it, uh, but we're going to look at that Midrash Tanchuma and see what uh, Rashi is referring to. In the beginning of the parasha, uh, we are told that Korach, we're given his lineage, Korach, the son of Yitzhar, the son of Kahat, the son of Levi, uh, together with uh, the other rebels, Datan and Aviram, On Ben Pelet, who come from Ruvain, they decide to rebel against Moses, against Moshe, together with 250 others. Uh, and these are all prominent people, people who are uh, who command respect. Uh, and they complain, and they say, you've gone too far. Uh, the entire community is holy, all of them. Hashem is in the midst of everyone. Why do you raise yourselves over the congregation of Hashem? 
the Midrash that Rashi is referring to uh, tries to explain the manner in which Korach and his followers uh, express their rebellion against Moshe. And what it first does is it takes note of the fact that Korach, the Parsha of Korach, is placed right after uh, the Parsha of Tzitzit. At the end of last week's Parsha, we learned about the Mitzvah of Tzitzit, and that when one has a garment, one is required to place Tzitzit, or it's translated as tassels or fringes, uh, on the garment. And uh, there is also a requirement for a thread of Techelet, Perfectly, uh, thread that is placed amongst the other threads of the uh, of the tzitzit. We know full well that the tchelet is meant is meant to symbolize Hashem's presence, uh, both in the sea and in the sky, and the, uh, as well as the divine throne. But that's the mitzvah. So the fact that the rebellion of Korach is placed by the Torah right after the mitzvah of Tzitzit is something that the Midrash takes note of and says that Korach and his people use the Tzitzit as a way of uh, rebelling, uh, of expressing their rebellion. What they did was uh, Korach had all of his men dress up in uh, talitot, uh, shawls uh, that is all blue. They're all blue, and they pose the following question: If a if the entire garment is blue, is techelet? Is it necessary for it to have uh, a blue thread added to it? Moshe said yes, but they said this seems absurd because if you have a garment that is not blue, then adding the blue thread to the four corners is what fulfills the requirement uh, as far as the halacha is concerned. And yet if the entire garment is blue, uh, that's not uh, sufficient. Something seems absurd in the in this law that you're, you're teaching. In a similar vein, uh, they refer to uh, another mitzvah that is often associated with the mitzvah of tzitzit, and that's the mitzvah of mezuzah. Um, mezuzah isn't in the parsha of tzitzit, but... Uh, he said the parsha of tzitzit in, uh, in, as part of the Shema, and in the Shema we do have the mitzvah of mezuzah. Uh, so they use the mitzvah of mezuzah also to further challenge Moshe. They say if there is a house that is entirely filled with sifrei Torah, with Torah scrolls, uh, does such a house require mezuzah? And Moshe says yes. Says, and once again, they point out what, what they think is the absurdity. Uh, if you have a house that does not have any Torah scrolls in it, then the mezuzah, which has two portions from the Torah in it uh, that contain Hashem's name, then those two portions uh, fulfill the requirement. And yet, if the entire house is filled with uh, Torah scrolls, each of which has multiple sections of the Torah that mention Hashem's name, uh, and yet that uh, in that way the mitzvah is not is not fulfilled, so they point out that there is something absurd, and this and their argument is God would never have given mitzvot like these. Uh, you must have made these mitzvot up by yourself. 
And uh, the Midrash goes back to the idea that the word Vayikach, to take, uh, can also mean to sow discord, uh, to, uh, to cause uh, dissent. Uh, and that's what they do. They do so. Uh, you try to point out what they would say is the absurdity of the, of the mitzvot, but of course, uh, the mitzvot do, do not necessarily have to conform to our sense of logic. Uh, they are required to conform, of course, to Hashem's logic. Uh, very often there are mitzvot that would not make sense to us, uh, given the chance to think them through. That's the point that Korach is trying to make, but he's doing it in order to say, uh, Moshe, you don't deserve to be a leader because your Torah uh, doesn't make sense to us. They, uh, they are making the argument, uh, as Rav Soloveitchik points out, that everybody is holy so everybody could be God's leader, uh, and yet uh, they want to be God's leader according to what makes sense to them, not necessarily what makes sense to God. Uh, and that is, uh, that is clearly uh, words of uh, discord and dissension against God's decision-making and God's rulership, which is why the rebellion against Moshe and against Aharon is essentially uh, a rebellion against Hashem. And as we're told in the parasha, we must be very wary about, uh, about dissension within the Jewish people, uh, and certainly when that dissension is directed at Hashem's decisions. I thank you very much for... Uh, joining me in uh, this analysis of uh, Parashat Korach. This has been Rabbi Avraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights saying Shalom.